Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey, yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of Nation Extreme Wrestling, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT 2.0, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion. Wyatt, how are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. I see, again, Paris is on his phone, and I assume he's texting Brony about more childhood trauma, just taunting him as he does. Well, so I, I'm kind of considering myself his, like, support system now. Like, I won't say counselor <laughs> or psychologist, but, like, we have a... I probably shouldn't even be talking about it, you know, kind of privacy rules and those kind of things but support that is system. not award-winning therapy i'm sorry <laughs> support system that other voice that- you heard is the architect <sighs> the gotcha king mike mm-hmm. paris loves to drudge up childhood traumas and uh attack that's his attack when it comes to wrestlers that's what he does mike how are you doing i'm excellent i'm, I'm excited for this show uh, much like Arn Anderson's Glock, it is loaded and ready to go. Yeah! Arn Anderson's Glock promo. The talk of the pro wrestling world. I've seen tons of uh, mock-ups on Fire Pro of an Arn Anderson character basically just being given a gun and shooting people as part of his moveset. <laughs> it's been really funny. A nice spinebuster transitioning into a pull-out the Glock and put a couple in him for good measure. So Spill that, brains? Was that yeah, the word? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he's going to do. Uh, but but folks, we have a lot of stuff to talk about here as far as NEW is concerned. This is the go-home show for NEW2 this coming Saturday. So let's get into it. Let's go with some new happenings. Look out! Oh, my God! God! Come on! All right. As mentioned, it is striking distance from NEW2. Surely to be an amazing sequel to NEW1. A new match has just been added to the card. It will be Ice Cold Beer taking on Peaceful Gardens. That's right, a beer garden will be present at the show, opening at 5 p.m. Show starts at 7. Show up, get your beers in you, drink responsibly. Let's get ready to have a fantastic night at the Vancouver Convention Center. It's going to be absolutely off the chain. Wyatt, how excited are you for Saturday? 
as an award-winning journalist, I have researched this garden and the beer, and I can tell you that the bushes are, are just the plentiful and the beer is cold, so I'm very excited. He's already got the scoop. I, yeah, I, and I am a man who enjoys his beer. So this is excellent news for me. I will be taking in my, as has been uh, widely reported, my first NEW show. And uh, to, to put a few beers at me prior to, I can, let's do it. Yeah, Wyatt, absolutely ripping you. Last episode, you fellas did a great job uh, with Tony Baroni. Wyatt, absolutely giving you the business about not being at NEW1. It was your birthday, I would like to point out. And you're a family man. But, that's okay, right okay okay but where was his father where was clive he's an individual <laughs> family asking. man he has a beautiful lady he's got a beautiful son and he's gonna spend just, his birthday with with them and clive, but clive knows clive knows wrestling is wrestling so clive was always gonna be there just saying clive made the right choice yeah okay fine yes clive made the right choice but like i said i will i am going to be there on saturday I'm there. I will offer my services uh, as uh, for words of wisdom, words of advice, as an award-winning uh, support system, mm. uh, and, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I don't believe Clive will be there, by the way. Oh, no Clive. I don't believe so. That's a hot scoop right here. Where were you with that, Wyatt? <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to believe it, so I didn't want to report it. I have to make sure it's accurate, because I think he's still undecided. So I'm not going to go ahead and put words in Clive's mouth. Okay. Because he might be there, and I'll look like a fool. So, no, not going to do it yet. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll all be on the lookout for Clive Paris at NEW2. That's the thing we're all tuning in to see is will Clive show up or not? Or is there clearly a one Paris rule when it comes to NEW shows? <laughs> if that's the case, then NEW3, some decisions might have to be made, fellas. That's true. That's true. Maybe we're the same person. Maybe this is a... Oh. Have you ever seen he and I in the same room at the same time? Whoa. Oh, I mean, yeah, I've had beers with both you guys at the same time, but uh, <laughs> did I? All right. How many did I have? I don't that know. A it's a Tyler actor. Durden crisis situation. Actor. That's right. Uh, Went to Craigslist, found an actor. I know what happened. <laughs> the beer garden, going to be awesome. Uh, it's a stacked card. Two shows this weekend at the Vancouver Convention Center. Tickets are still available. Head to nationextremewrestling.com. You can check out the cards. Get yourself some tickets. It's going to be awesome. You can see worldwide talent like El Phantasmo and the walking weapon Josh Alexander. A scant few weeks away from his showdown with Christian for the Impact wrestling championship as well as all the new homegrown talent the future of the business it is a show you do not want to miss fellas i want us to go around the corner right now and let's just talk about new2 uh day one and day two shows what's a potential show stealer what's a match you're really looking forward to seeing for uh new1 or new2 day one Wyatt, we'll start with you uh i look i love the wise men because they're the best in the business. This is a, you know, a fact. I don't, I did the numbers. I did some deep dives. Analytics prove it. So, um, you know, I, I love to go with Billy and Tony, but I have to say, Travis Williams taking on the walking weapon for me uh, is must see. We saw Travis Williams break into the business, uh, you know, calling himself the Bish killer, slapping Bish in the face, bringing it to him. Like no one had the balls to do that, but Travis Williams did. So uh, the walking weapon can murder people. I know that. But there's one guy that's going to walk right into that fire. It's Travis Williams. So that's the one for me. Yeah. And he's 0-2. 
in uh, in NEW. So if he doesn't get the win over Josh Alexander, he's looking at an 0-3 hole to start and maybe at the Won't very, happen. very bottom of uh, of the rankings. Paris, day one NEW card, uh, 7 p.m. on October 9th, this Saturday. Who are you liking for, uh, for your big show stealer match? Well, the one thing that we haven't been able to see is any women's action uh, and that we get that on Saturday night. So we got Rhea Von Slasher, Liza Hall, and Sloan going at it. Uh, some A couple of really intimidating women. And then we've got Liza Hall a little bit on the smaller side, but she's just coming back from Mexico. She's got some new training. I'm hoping to see some new moves out of her. Rumor has it she's newly engaged. So uh, maybe she's got that fire in her belly, and I think she's going to take this one. Fantastic. Um, match I'm looking forward to seeing. I mean, a continuation from the shocking events of NEW1. Uh, Elliot Tyler taking on Fergie. Uh, probably no ring bell will be involved in this one, so maybe that gives the edge to Fergie. Uh, you know, what do you guys think of this match? Obviously, there's a lot going into it with what happened at NEW1. Uh, Wyatt, thoughts? I think it's clear that Beef uh, has an obsession with the rings as of late. So uh, <laughs> in this match, you know, I think Beef still probably is going to try and, and, and you know, not go too hard because he's still friends with Fergie. I don't think he thinks he's going to go, you know, too hard with Ferg. Uh, I do think that Fergie, though, has a different demeanor about him. I don't I think he's going to bring the pain. I think the thing that we saw on Twitter where Fergie said that he's tired of Beef making a mockery of the heavyweight division. I think Fergie's out there to prove a point, And I think it's going to be violent. Yeah. Um, you know, this. No doubt about it as far as what we're going to see from Fergie. But what about Elliot Tyler? Obviously, you know, a little bit of betrayal there. Fergie tossed him around the ring. Big belly-to-belly suplex. Is Elliot Tyler going to come into this match with a little bit of added intensity? No, I, I, you know what? I'm actually worried he isn't. I, I'm worried that Elliot is still focused on trying to recover uh, this relationship, still trying to recover what uh, what was with Fergie and the guy who he knew Fergie to be, and I'm worried he's not going to come out with the intensity he's going to need to, and and might get tossed around a little bit. Yeah, and the thing though, like again, Beef's like a brother to me. You might beat him, and he may be coming to this match a little unprepared. But once he realizes that he's in a fight, he's never going to stop. If Fergie thinks this is over after uh, NEW two, uh, he'd be dead wrong. So uh, he, he better bury uh, Beef Boy out there because once Beef knows he, he wants to get that win against you, he'll track you down. Look at what him, Judas Icarus, he chased that victory for years. Like, this guy does not give up. So uh, I, I think we're far from over with those two. I would not want to run into Fergie after that match if he doesn't come away with the W because he's obviously he's got something to prove. Uh, new attitude, we'll probably see a little bit less dancing. Who knows uh, when it comes down to it on uh, NEW2 day. What about day two? So day two, we've got the show on Sunday. Uh, what matches are you looking forward to from that one? Uh, for me, and it's a bit of one on the undercard here, it's it's Malik Mello and Evan Rivers. I just feel that we saw a lot from Rivers that that, uh, that first NEW1, and then we saw a lot from, from Malik as well. Uh, but they face tough opponents. Like, it's tough for Malik to go out there and beat Artemis. That's, you know, no shame in losing to Artemis. You've got... Evan Rivers out there against Sebastian Wolf, one of the, the, the best up-and-comers out there. I think they both have a ton to prove. They're both big boys, and they're both going to want to come out with the, the victory. So I think they're going to leave it all on the table for those guys. Uh, for me, I, I'm I'm here for, for the big boys, too, and I'm here for the big hurt uh, versus Bishop. Bishop looking angry, looking vicious. A, a vish bish, if you will. He, he is ready to go. He's ready to hurt somebody. And uh, I I wouldn't want to be the big hurt uh, standing in his way, um, because I think 
Big Hurt's got something to prove, though. He's got to he's got to make a name for himself on on the NEW roster, uh, and so hopefully Bishop doesn't maybe uh, rest on his laurels a bit like he did with, against Sharif, um, and and picks up the win here. But but who knows? See, that's the thing. Again, yeah, Bishop overconfident against Sharif Morrow at NEW one, walking around the ring with him, won't hit the Bishop bomb, and then it cost him. So do you see you know Bishop coming into this a lot more focused than he was last time? A hundred percent. Look, clearly, if everyone saw Bishop at NEW1, uh, his music choice was poor. Uh, normally, when Bishop comes down, the music is the first thing that powers him up. It's like, you know, that's his power where it comes from. And so he came out to, I don't even know, like another, just another victim, some garbage song. You could probably find it on an art list. Uh, it was terrible. And so he needs to come down with the right song, the right mood, the right vibe. And once he does, he's going to murder everyone in his path. We talk about Fergie, you know, bringing that kind of mentality to Beef Boy. Bishop invented that mentality. This is a guy that's going to come out at the convention center trying to prove to like all these new eyes that you know, he's the king of the PNW. He's going to do it. Match I'm looking forward to from day two. Get your hashtags ready. Parm is due. Uh, Parm Singh Man versus Sebastian Wolf. Yeah, Sebastian Wolf came out of NEW1 looking really good, looking to build some momentum. But I don't know. Parm's due. Parm stood up to Bishop at that 2 p.m. show at NEW1, and yeah, he didn't win. And sure, he was brutalized. And yeah, it was a miracle he was able to walk out under his own power. However, I don't have anything to add to that, except for Parm is due, and he's going to win one of these matches. And I think it's going to be this one against Sebastian Wolf. He's going to shock the world. Uh, Parm likes to take on any battle, which is commendable. Uh, you know, it doesn't back down from a challenge. It's great! But it's a lot like those movies. Yeah, it was, you know, fantastic. But when it comes to movies, you know those scenes in any movie where, like, you know, throw the damn towel. I feel that in my head every time I see him in the ring. Um, I think he can get there. I think he's got a sick submission game no one's seen before. But I think he kind of gets caught up in trying to show people that he can meet them, you know, with strength on strength. He's got to focus on what makes him good, get, you know, wolf to the ground, tap him out. If he gets engaged in any sort of ba- a battle of strength or battle of power, uh, he's dead. We saw Wolf rub river's face along a glass along the windows i can only imagine what he's gonna do with parm i'm scared for parm i hope he signs waivers uh but we'll see what happens yeah i i'm i fear for parm i do and uh sorry bowman but moral <laughs> victories only get you so far here uh in the wrestling biz so uh i fear for parm he's going to be in the pacific ocean uh, it's moral victories <laughs> i was like yeah it's moral victories <laughs> <laughs> those count moral do not um yeah, so I, I do fear for Parm in, in this match. Sebastian Wolf is a uh, B-A-M-F, as the kids say. That's a badass mother effer. And uh, he can rip someone to shreds, given the opportunity. So, Bamf, Sebastian Wolf definitely takes this one again. And Parm, maybe he's due, but it's not today. You guys are going to look so stupid when Parm gets this win. And you're going to wish you were in on the ground floor. Because Parm is due. Now, we are going to see quite a few new faces uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, Folks who weren't uh, on that uh, first card. Some of them were training in Mexico. Um, You know, Randy Myers wasn't on the uh, the previous card. So this will be his NEW debut. Uh, Thoughts on seeing Randy Myers in this uh, this new company? 
Uh, I mean, he's he's an artist. That's what he is. When you when you watch a, a Ravenous Randy match, it's all about art with him. And he's very good in the ring. And he you know he starts off with a bang with the big intros. Uh, you know, my question about Ravenous is: Does he get caught up in the pageantry? Is that what kicks his focus off? You know, the match in front of him. Uh, he can't afford to do that. But I think he's also a guy that if you were going to see a show, uh, you'll remember having watched Ravenous Randy. You will not forget him. Yeah, and, and going up against like we've already talked about Bishop, he's he's not in a good mood these days. So he could easily take advantage of of uh, the weirdo hero uh, if he isn't focused on Saturday. We're also going to see Eddie Osborne, wrestling personified, uh, and Eli Surge. Eli coming back recently from Mexico as well. Uh, thoughts on those two for people who maybe haven't seen them uh, in uh, in wrestling before? Yeah, Eddie Osborne is, is must-watch. This guy is a true professional. Again, his entrance song is top-notch. That alone, just download it today if you can, wrestling personified. He's a guy that can go toe-to-toe with anyone. He's got brute strength. Uh, I like watching him, you know, hoss it up in the ring. I think Bishop on Twitter has teased that he wants a dream tag team match of him and Eddie Osborne, which, you know, whew, watch out if they ever join forces. That's scary. And Eli Surge is a bit of an unknown because you have these up-and-comers. You've got Travis Williams, you've got Judas Icarus, you've got Beef Boy. And Eli's kind of been there, but kind of in their shadow a bit. So I'm wondering if he's going to come in this. He's been in Mexico himself as well. Is he coming in with a lot to prove? Is he coming in to show people, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still here. Um, you know, the questions about him obviously are, is he spending too much time hunting down the Sasquatch? Clearly he is. But if you can focus on the ring, if you can somehow make him show, show him that in the ring, that's your true Sasquatch. Maybe you can focus because I think this guy's got a ton to prove. So you just say he's spending too much time hunting the Sasquatch because he hasn't caught it yet. Once he does, all of that time will be justified and it won't be too much time. It'll be just enough time. Uh, some more new faces that we're going to see. Uh, Miles DeVille, the second half of uh, State of Emergency. Uh, wonderful tag team with Sebastian Wolf, uh, And uh, Adam Ryder is another one that uh, will be making his debut uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, thoughts on those guys? Yeah, both guys that I don't know a huge, huge uh, amount about and uh, interested to see them. Uh, seen State of Emergency, I think, once before as a tag team. Um, but other than that, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of these guys, so interested to see what they bring. I'm excited to see these new, pun intended, wrestlers um, getting brought to the table uh, and and excited what, to see what they have. Um all the things that I haven't seen before. I was worried. I was honestly, I was worried when NEW started. I, I didn't want to see a lot of the same wrestlers who I've seen over the years, but we've done a great job of bringing in some great new talent out of the Pacific Northwest. And then as well, hanging on to those awesome new veterans. So champions will be crowned this weekend. The first champions of the tag team division for NEW big fatal four way elimination match on Saturday night. Uh, reloaded versus State of Emergency versus the Wise Men and the Voros Twins. Wyatt, I don't even know if I need to ask you who your pick for the winner is, but I'm going to anyway because you're my friend and I like you and I want to spread the wealth here. Wyatt, who do you think wins the first ever tag team championships at NEW? First thing you did right was, you know, bringing me on to co-host this podcast with you. And the second thing was asking me that question because as a award-winning journalist, I've done the research I know it's going to be the wise men, spoiler, because they are the best tag team in the goddamn Pacific Northwest, maybe the world. I will say I give a quick, you know, underdog. Not that I think it's going to happen. I know Bowman here loves the underdog. He's got his parm. He's got, oh, we can find the Sasquatch. Like, you know, fine, support the losers. I get it. But state of emergency 
you know, Paris said he hadn't seen a lot of Miles. Miles DeVille is like, uh, you know, he's got that speed, that high-flying technical uh, ability, and he's adding some muscle as well. State of Emergency, we know that Sebastian Wolf is a beast in the ring. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of speed. I would not be shocked if they pull off the upset. But I think for now, the Wiseman just have too much veteran know-how. Da Titley? Are we oh, counting out? Are we, are we counting them out? Yeah. Come on. They've been working out of the gym. They've been lifting. You see them lifting plates at the gym? Oh, they, shit. Jesus. They are shredded. Come on, guys. And and, and Shredded wheat, yep. <laughs> wow. They, they are maybe the most popular wrestlers on the roster. They're going to have the crowd behind them, I hope. The crowd at NEW1 was a little shaky. But, uh, you know, this maybe this downtown crowd has a different perspective on... On These the wacky Boros folks twins. downtown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they cheer, they cheer for anybody. Yeah. Richmond hates social media <laughs> sensations. Can't stand them. Vancouver goes crazy for social media. Right? There you that's, go. That's how it works. You're just you're setting up your commentary already, Bowman. I like it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, do you know what? I won't count them out. Um, this is going to be a long haul, though. I imagine this match is going to go a good amount of time. Elimination tag team. Uh, so we could see this go for a while. And honestly, no offense to the Voros Twins, I'm not sure they have the stamina to stay in the ring with those, with the rest of those teams. Um, so I like the pick of State of Emergency. That could be interesting. We've got Reloaded, too, and they've been teaming together for a while. And, you know, super fast-paced team. You wonder, do they have the endurance to survive a four-way elimination match? But as far as experience goes, you know, they could be the most experienced team in this match outside of the Wisemen. Yeah, again, I don't mean to, to ignore Reloaded. I think I'm still a bit uh, upset that Sharif embarrassed Bishop in front of everyone. But they definitely have the skills to go. I think they just recently pinned the Voros at another show. So, like, you know, they, they know how to get a victory. Uh, and, you know, no, they're very high-flying. They're very athletic. They're very, a lot of skill there. Uh, but I just, I just, it's hard to see them get, again, maybe I'm old school, but getting around that pure power of, you know, whether it's a Baroni or a Sebastian Wolf, I just think that's going to be a tough go for them. Yeah, we mentioned it uh, last week when uh, Mr. Baroni was on the show, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some interesting tactics from the wise men that end up with them becoming the champions here. Especially in this elimination style match, there's there's some things you could, some trickery that could happen that might end up with the wise men on top. But Mike, you'll be there. Is there any chance that you're going to shout out some uh, some triggering words to Tony Baroni to bring up some old traumas that maybe would distract him? Well, I I thought we've gone over this. Like, yes, he has uh, limited hair. Um, yes, he has been pushed down an entrance ramp in a wheelchair. Yes, he's um, maybe questionably has a drinking problem. Um, but listen, he and I are in contact. I'm supporting him through this. Um, so if he has a drink in hand, I'm uh, on Saturday. I might I might harass him a little bit because. He's told me he's trying to cut back, but that's that's a whole separate conversation between Tony, or sorry, Mr. Brony and myself. Well, the Godric King. You know what? I'm going to research this, and I'm going to find out if this is true, and I'll expose it online. Just you wait. Just you wait, Paris. Wow. You don't attack my bet, my my. The, you don't attack Tony Brony like that. Okay. I'm here to support him. We're we're, t- we're a team. We're a team. We might be the strongest tag team in this match. Me and, and me and Tony Brony. We might be the strongest tag team on Saturday. I'm, I might have to mute my mic for a little bit here. I'm a little angry. I'm going to count to 10, and then I'll get back to the conversation. That's good. That's a good strategy for coping. Uh, me and Tony and I went over that as well, counting to Mike, 10. Mike, Mike, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> 
That's not that's, as good a strategy for coping, good, but not I'm not going to say F. I'm going to go all with the word itself. <laughs> <laughs> this Damp? No. Saturday night, Vancouver Convention Center, NEW2, and this coming Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, it's going to be an absolutely awesome Thanksgiving weekend of wrestling. Looking forward to seeing all you folks there. Head to nationextremewrestling.com for tickets. And gentlemen, let's uh, take a look at the wide world of wrestling. Not a ton happening in the world of wrestling right now. Uh, each company kind of moving towards their next major shows. Uh, we'll start with AEW first. The excellent TNT title run of the Redeemer Miro uh, came to an end last week. Sammy Guevara was the one who ended up dethroning him. Not Eddie Kingston in Arthur Ashe Stadium, which seemed to make the most sense. Uh, why? I know you're a Rusev guy. You're a Miro guy. Thoughts on that match and the fact that uh, he's no longer TNT champion? Yeah, I kind of want to see Miro have a longer run with it. I thought he had more to give. Uh, I will say I, I wasn't sold on Sammy Guevara, but what better chance to prove me wrong than now? You know, now he has the title. Let's see what he can do with it. Again, we're in a situation with AEW where if they're going to do something I don't like, I'm going to give them all the leash in the world to see what they've got versus the other way around. So, you know, I'm not like livid or mad. I just, you know, kind of wish Miro had a better, uh, uh, longer run with it. Yeah, because Tony Khan put over the TNT title as not like a secondary belt or anything, just another thing that people will gravitate towards to try and win. And he cites Cody Rhodes and Darby Allin and, you know, uh, Brody Lee and Miro as the champions. And that's established a pedigree right then and there. Uh, Sammy Guevara, to your point, Wyatt, this is a really, really good chance, a huge chance for him to show, you know, what he can do and how he can carry that belt. Paris, what were your thoughts on the T TNT title match last week? I thought this might happen um, for a couple of reasons. A, I think they're, they are big fans of Sammy Guevara uh, as, as a company. Um, and also, that seemed to be a night all about sentimentality and uh, about those nice warm hug feelings. Um, and that was a nice warm hug victory uh, for that kind of baby face to go over that night. So... I get why they did it. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they just flipped the title back on onto Miro pretty quick here. Um, because I think it is the right title for Miro to hold. We did talk about it last week, though. You know, can you have too many heel champions going all at once? Uh, I guess your tag belts are on faces, but other than that, everyone else is a heel. So do you want to keep going in that direction? I'm not sure. Maybe it's, maybe it's the right direction to go to have uh sammy with that belt for a while i'm not sure but like you guys i agree with you guys in saying that i thought miro had a had a better run in here yeah because like a chicken shit heel is one thing but like a badass ass kicking heel i'm fine with there being multiple types of those uh champions uh sprinkled throughout uh yeah i'm not sure it'd be interesting to see if they just flip it back to uh to miro i would have liked to see a longer you know dominant run with him as well but sammy guevara has been there from day one you know that's something going on a lot this week is talking about the anniversary of dynamite's first show and where they're at two years after the fact and uh yeah i think it's a good time for him and you know let's just see guys gotta make the title title's not gonna make the guy 
in this case. Uh, time for some weekly Brian Danielson appreciation. Uh, had an unreal match with uh, with Nick Jackson on Rampage. Uh, not to, obviously to the level of the Kenny Omega uh, match, which they're going to use to build towards their rematch at full gear. But uh, yeah, just to see one of the Young Bucks get in there and Danielson have an awesome, awesome match with him, uh, getting the win with Cattle Mutilation, which we haven't seen for a while. Uh, what do you guys think of this match from Rampage? Yeah, I thought it was great, and it's just proof that uh, Brian Danielson can 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 really make things happen, and and the Young Bucks get underrated in regards to their singles work. Uh, so this was proof that that can happen too. Um, but I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently, but I still get those like, oh, please don't do that, Brian Danielson. Please don't hurt yourself. Feelings, and with the leash that. AEW gives him. I appreciate the creative freedom, and I appreciate him being able to do the things that he wants to do. But Lord have mercy, please don't you know start seeing stars again. Yeah, because it's two things. It's not only the leash, but it's also the fact that he knows this is his last run, and he wants to go absolutely balls out and do all this stuff for his last run and make it super super memorable. So I hear what you're saying, Paris. You know, it. I don't know if I'll ever watch a Brian Danielson match and not just kind of when he's doing the running, even the running corner drop kicks or standing uh, missile drop kick from the top rope where he lands and does the flatback. Like, like last week, last week uh, against Kenny Omega, I was like genuinely like. He is jacked up. Like, this is problematic. But he's, he's maybe also, I'm being worked. He's also a really, really good seller, too. So he makes you yeah. concerned for him, which is, you know, troublesome and problematic. Yeah, it, it's weird that in this situation that, of all people, Vince McMahon is the voice of reason. <laughs> like, he's the one guy trying to protect you. Trying him. to protect you, weird. pal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do think that, you know, talking earlier about artists and I was Randy, that, you know, Brian Danielson is like an artist. He loves wrestling so much. Like, he's going to give it as well. And I do agree that he's going to Daniel Day-Lewis the fuck out of this run. He's going <laughs> to be the American Dragon. He's not going to hold back. He's going to show everyone what, like, I think for him, he probably took pride in excelling in a WWE format and showing he could do it their style. And now he's going to show the world that he can also do it, still do it, you know, his style. So, you know, he's going to go out in a shield. He's going to, you know do what he's going to do. We're not going to be able to stop from doing it. I do agree that at the end of the day, I, you, yeah, you can't watch Dark Side of the Ring and not be worried about every wrestler now. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, just, you know, relax. Like, we love you, but you can retire and it's okay. And I know it's hard, but like, don't hurt yourselves. Uh, so yeah, I do, you know, but you can't help from the fantasy side of things just be so intrigued by all the matchups because if Daniel Bryan comes in and has a stink with Omega, maybe you're like, okay, you know, maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Maybe he's going to slow down a bit. But no, he comes in, he's lighting the world on fire. You start wondering who else can he go with in AEW and you get super excited about it. And you say who else can he go with in AEW, but let's not forget they've got a oh. pretty decent working relationship mm -hmm. with New Japan. So you're going to tell me that we could possibly see, you know, Bryan Danielson versus Okada? Or Tanahashi? Like, holy shit. Yeah, the options are, are literally endless. This door is wide open. Uh, we've got Bobby Fish showing up this week. With, like, what? He's been gone from NXT for two, three weeks, and he's already showing up on, on AEW. So, like, the, the, the door is open. Everyone is everywhere. And uh, to make the analogy I made uh, last week, it feels like the Avengers going up against Thanos here because WWE is starting to feel weakened further and further as everyone else starts to bond together to go against them. But yeah, those options are endless. And what I find is interesting is that Brian Danielson... Um, doesn't seem to want to slow his schedule down at all. It's very obvious that CM Punk 
is slowing his schedule down. Whereas Brian Danielson seems to want to go like literally every show. And maybe that's just because he's overwhelmed with the options of who he can wrestle and what he can do. Um, but I'm interested that he's not taking that same kind of step back. I thought he was going to be uh, more of a pay-per-view guy, more of a big match guy. But no, he's a he's wrestling more regularly than a lot of guys on that roster. Yeah, I mean, there's also still an influx of talent to come into AEW. Uh, Bray Wyatt floating around out there. He's still potentially ways away from uh, from coming in another several weeks here. Uh, one person who actually teased something recently was uh, Buddy Matthews, who was the former Buddy Murphy uh, in WWE. He just tweeted out a picture of a Joker card, and they are doing a Casino Battle Royal uh, coming up on uh, on Dynamite. So... Uh, he is a guy that could potentially bring in, although there was a Meltzer report from late September that said AEW was essentially going to pass on him for several reasons. One, because the Danielson and Punk deals didn't come cheap, but also the fact that with those guys and Adam Cole and Ruby Riot, like they just can't be debuting these people every single week or else they'll lose some steam. I just want to loop back to the casino uh, battle, not battle royal in this case, because it's a ladder match. Right? It's a it's a casino battle royal style ladder match. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's what they do, yeah. Yeah, so like that's that's a great I I don't really like the casino battle royals where they all come out, all the all the hearts the come out, all yeah, the yeah, diamonds you don't like come the, out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't think it allows the ability to showcase wrestlers in the same way that a traditional Royal Rumble or what have you works. Uh but I'm I'm super excited for this ladder match and for Buddy Murphy, whatever he's gonna call himself. For him to show up here, he, that guy can work and he can do some spots. And in that style of match with the, that other talent, that's something I want to see. That, you know, good guy to bring in. But the guy I'm looking forward to that I think everyone is is criminally underreporting, uh, clearly Honky Tonk Man. Right. It's his time that's to shine. Right. His kind of match. This guy's yeah. known for doing did dangerous he, stuff. Did in the he ring. tweet a picture of a Joker card or anything recently? He faxed it to me. So oh, he yeah, he was ready. Yeah. He faxed it to me. I yeah, ordered yeah, a Matrix cameo printer. from him, and I think he showed it to me there. But, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I'm looking for him. I'm also looking forward to possibly Maven showing up. Oh, so those are the two guys to keep an eye out for. Yes, Maven. The other Maven, Maven to eliminate match, Brian Cage. So. <laughs> Brian Cage ain't doing a whole lot right now. I know. Hey, Brian Cage, what are you up to? Nothing right now, but. Um, any other AEW happenings you guys wanted to uh, wanted to get into, wanted to discuss or talk about? Uh, uh, I am, no. Uh, no, no, just Orange Cassidy. I want to see what he does. Like, his tweet about he watched him not climb any ladder was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not going to climb any of those ladders. <laughs> well, he's always been that way in the ladder matches. I love just it. Like, yeah. Uh, I just, what do you do? So good. I love, was that, that was early on in the company where he walked over to commentary. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> so what? Good. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, he had the hair versus hair versus uh, Jack Evans on uh, on Rampage. Now, about Rampage, because uh, a lot of talk is happening about some of the ratings. Obviously, they're not, you know, debuting CM Punk for the first time in seven years or featuring the first in-ring appearance of this person or an interview with this guy. Uh, the, the show this past Friday did probably their lowest rating, not just, you know, overall, but also in that key 18 to 49 demo. And, you know, 
WWE fans are clipped to jump on. They go, oh, yeah, there's no appeal, no draw. It's still crushing for a Friday night cable show. But do you expect at this point that maybe they should be doing like a little bit better? Or would you expect to see more sustainable ratings from uh, Rampage? I think they started so big and set the bar so high, it's kind of hard to follow that, to be honest. So I'm not too disappointed. I think that's the way it's going to go. Their their way to the top is consistency. And, you know, I don't know if a Friday night show will ever get the ratings they want. It's going to be a tough sell. But, you know, for what it is, I think it's doing a good job. And, yeah, I think if you're trying to bury them for the, these ratings, you're clearly probably a, a bit of a WWE mark. You just want to believe in that. Uh, but uh, no reason for me to be worried, I don't think, at this point. Yeah, there's nothing to be buried here. There's nothing to be worried about. It, it, and in fact, those ratings are probably going to continue to decline as you know things start to open up. People start going back to movie theaters again. People start going to sports events again. People start leaving their house and not watching TV as much again. Um, so you might see a further decline in that, but that's honestly not anything to be uh, too concerned about. Do they need to start pulling out all the stops? No, no. I think they need to remain competitive against SmackDown, but you can't expect much when you're going Fox versus Cable as well. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm not concerned. And also SmackDown like in prime time because SmackDown's pulling the best ratings of the show. SmackDown's c- consistently in the mid two million range, which is great. Roman Reigns has been doing an awesome job on SmackDown. They've made that a really compelling, good wrestling show. So I'm happy to see it succeed beyond the three hours of Raw, which is just... Will that ever not be a slog? Will there ever be... I've heard in the last couple weeks, and I've seen some snippets of some Raws, where, yeah, they've actually been pretty good. But I just still, after years, don't know if I'll ever have it in me again to sit down and watch three hours of Monday Night Raw when there's all this other wrestling I'm interested in. Oh, well, we talk about how sometimes when a wrestler loses a lot, it's hard to believe them as a viable contender because they get the reputation in your head of, oh, that's just, they're not, you know, they couldn't beat, he's just, he's losing all the time. Raw now has a reputation of being a slog. Like, is he, like the last time you watched a Raw show that was interesting, like, it's going to be hard to, to bring to mind. So I think they've got a long way to go to prove that they're, you know, a, what, a must-watch show. You know, they maybe feed a little bit of, you know, breadcrumbs here and there to show they still know how to do wrestling. But if it's not consistent, then, yeah, are you really going to pay attention to that when you can view and look at AEW or look at, you know, Japan. Like, there's only so many hours in the week you're going to dedicate to wrestling. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of good options out there, you know, even on the indie scene as well. So, you know, what is WWE proving to, you know, the smart mark wrestlers that, that they're the place to watch? Like, they have their demographic. They've got the people that, that have always watched them, sure. But nothing they've done. They show no consistency. Anytime they do say they're going to change, they don't change. How many times does Vince give the speech? We're going to change now for you. Like, it's been done so many times that they're the boy who cried wolf to me. So it'll take a, it would probably take, honestly, like, oh, Vince has stepped down. And I'd be like, okay, maybe now. Now it can change. You're right. That might be the only major card they have left to play that would really raise some eyebrows and get people checking back in with, hey, it is legitimately a new regime. Who that would end up being? Oh, God, who even knows? Uh, but shifting to WWE, the draft is happening uh, right now over SmackDown yeah. and over Raw. Uh, it doesn't take effect until like three weeks from now. Uh, after uh, Saudi Blood Money 6, why do you not just do the draft then? Fuck if I know. Now we'll do it now. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll have everybody, we'll have two weeks to wrap up their feuds and stuff, and then you're off to your new shows. What the fuck? Well, we, we I believe we, everyone unanimously buried this a few weeks ago when I brought it up in Push and Bury, but uh, let's continue to do so, because this yeah, is, pile this on, is by far the worst 
uh, draft that they've done from an execution <laughs> perspective. It feels unimportant. It feels moot. Like, it feels like it's happening so paced out. Tonight, they announced that Becky Lynch got drafted to Raw, which, like, so maybe one of the biggest, like, things that you could do happened on a very unimportant time. It just seems like there's no kind of logic to what they're doing. Um, and honestly, maybe we'll talk about this in a second, but but they're pulling some of my favorite people from NXT uh, as well, which makes me want to watch NXT a lot less. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. Not, none of this draft has worked for me start to finish. And there's been a lot of people who have not moved at all, which seems like, why are we even bother talking about it? And then there's people... Anyway, I have, I have a lot to say, but it's all bad. I want to know who your NXT uh, folks are. Is it Hit Row? It's Hit Row. Yeah, yeah that is ab- Hit Same. Row is absolutely Fuck. like they were just really gaining steam on NXT, and I worry for them on the main roster. Like yeah. it's a very cool, very original stable. It's working, and I I don't know what it's going to look like uh, to to the main main roster, quote unquote um austin theory as well like i i realize like i'm not a huge austin theory guy but i've loved all of the 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 way the dexter loomis the way all that kind of stuff and so to kind of break that up makes me wonder what could happen to the people who still left in nxt who are part of that angle and then yeah like i feel like calling up hit row leaves um leaves other people in the in the lurch as well like who they were feuding with and i just don't I don't know. I don't like, like it. But you got you got Seth Rollins who's going back to Raw uh from SmackDown. There are times I forgot he was even on SmackDown in the first place. Uh yep. Gable Stevenson, uh not even on any particular roster. He got drafted to Raw. Uh there was rumors that like Walter was gonna get uh was gonna get drafted. Um, you know, nothing left for that guy to accomplish on NXT UK. I'd actually really like to see him on one of the stateside brands, but Eh, what are you going to do? But, like, yeah, the champions, for the most part, stayed part, except for some swaps like Charlotte and Becky Lynch will be swapping brands. I think they did the thing last year with New Day and Street Profits, where it's like, hey, you're the Raw Tag Team Champs. You got drafted to SmackDown. You're the SmackDown Tag Team Champs. You guys got drafted to Raw. You guys just want to do a little switch these with the belts? And they're like, yeah, switch these with the belts. Right on. And then you got Kevin Owens, who goes back to Raw from SmackDown again. It has meant nothing that these people are on the shows that they're on because it's just all so interchangeable and not to be overly nihilistic. It's all just just meaningless, just drifting in space. Yeah, WD has, has taught us for years that it, nothing means anything. If you pay attention, you don't get rewarded. There's no point of even like when someone organically becomes a fan favorite, you just know you're not going to be rewarded, that they could change their minds any day now for any of their stars. So if, you know, we're taught that the stars don't matter in WWE, that all that matters is WWE, like, why do we give a shit about the shows themselves? Why do we care who's on Raw, who's on SmackDown? It all becomes kind of like a blob. It's like I'm stuck in an office meeting for hours and I can't get out and I'm just bored of it all. Yeah, I, I don't understand what they are what they try to do here. And it, are, am I supposed to have, like, brand allegiance? Am I supposed to be, like, Team SmackDown? Am I supposed to be upset that my guy went <laughs> to Raw? Like, I, I really just don't understand, like why they continue to do this brand split. Well, I understand it from a business perspective, but other than that, like from a storytelling perspective, I feel like they want me to care and, and I want to meet literally one person who cares. Uh, Ridge Holland cares. 
Your boy Rich Holland has been drafted from NXT <laughs> to oh, uh, SmackDown. So the ratings are just going to continue to go through the roof. But, oh, my goodness, Finn Balor went to Raw from SmackDown. All right. Sure. Now, did Pete Dunne come with uh, Ridge Holland or is nope, Ridge Holland flying not, solo? It's just Ridge Holland flying solo. All right. And then uh, the Street Profits are going to Raw from SmackDown. And the Viking Raiders are going to uh, SmackDown from Raw. Viking experience. Viking experience. Sorry. My bad. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah you tried that once. We are not going to let you forget that. The Viking experience. Oh, no. That's just the name of their finishing move. Well, that's also stupid. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of switching back and forth. Now, I know years ago, the last time I was actually invested in the draft in Paris, I'm not going to talk about my fantasy uh, booking for the when NXT should have been involved. Uh, yes. Or maybe I will talk about it because we're talking drafts. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it was the best idea ever. Wyatt, check this out. Stephanie McMahon and whoever, they're out there making their picks for Raw and SmackDown and stuff. There's like five picks each. Boom, NXT music hits. Here comes William Regal. This is when they're trying to elevate it to being that true third brand. William Regal comes out and says, hey, don't forget about NXT here. Guess what? You each made five picks. Fuck you. We get five picks right now. Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sammy. They take back the people that had been, you know, not necessarily wallowing on the main roster but they take back the big stars and they make it not so much a demotion of oh finn balor went to nxt it's like no he's here because we want him here wouldn't that be cool yeah but that would require them you know giving too to much care. credit to nxt yeah to care and for vince <laughs> to be like hey w- wouldn't it be cool if a show other than raw was fun like in his opinion like it just doesn't happen like that's the thing like they never lost themselves in the moment they never thought like you know let's take some risks it was always just about the WWE machine, and that WWE machine starts with Raw, and then goes to SmackDown, and then house shows, and then, you know, maybe some limos into trucks, and maybe NXT when Triple H has got a bit of a push behind it. So that never would have happened, but it would have been a lot of fun. Because that's the thing, you look about it, like, even just if you look at AEW, imagine something happened where, you know, even just one person got taken, went to New Japan, even just, you know, not for real, but they left to New Japan for two months, like, with the impact that might have, right? Like, you know, John Moxley's going to fucking do this shitty theme song over Japan for a while, or whoever it is. Like, that'd be, it'd be kind of fun, right? And you'd be like, it would, it would feel more, not real in the sense, but like, it would feel more impactful. Like, oh shit, like, someone went through the forbidden door and left us. Like, what's going on? What if someone just left AEW storyline and said, fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going That's the a great door. idea. Yeah. Right? That'd be a lot of fun. Like, and, and it would feel more real. If this happened to WWE or someone right now, even if someone right now, they said Roman Reigns is going to NXT and they just wanted to create a buzz, I'd be like, oh, fuck, he's going to destroy that entire roster and come back to Raw in two weeks. And there'd be no Well, not Ridge Holland because he's gone now. So. Sorry. Yes, Although right. he has plenty of opportunity to dismantle Ridge Holland now on SmackDown. So funny you should mention it because that's what I wanted to bring up next. I'm just going to put something, I want to put something on record. And I know that he's not going to do it just to spite me. Six months from now, why aren't huge Ridge Holland guy? He seems like Wyatt's kind of wrestler. Objectively, Wyatt, let him him in. Give him a chance. See if he can work his way into your heart. I mean, there's this, this... Brock and that ponytail's working right now. Okay, well, I'll give it, I'll give it time. I'll see. I'll see what happens. I'll openly, uh, you know, objectively walk. He's got a stick. Rich Holland has I do a like stick. Sticks. I do like sticks. So we'll see. Do you know what, what doesn't work, by the way? And they keep trying to do it. They tried to do it with um, Kurt Hawkins, guy who got fired, and I've already forgotten his name. Uh, big New Zealand guy or Australian guy? Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Yeah. And now they're trying to do it with Rich Holland. Is the matching the video to them standing there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It never works. Stop trying. 
one of these times you know it's going to work and you're going to look foolish. <laughs> you know what else doesn't work? I remember the old days, the TLC, when they had a stairs match. With, with ah, big red. tables, ladders, <laughs> stairs, and chairs. TLC and S. S. Everyone doing shoulder blocks into the fucking so stairs. stupid. <laughs> we watched that together. It was that Big Show versus Eric Rowan, right? In a stairs yeah, yep. match. All these. Every time they say, all oh, the steel stairs, and they flip over, and they're made out of, like, strong pewter. It's like, guys, come on. What are we doing here? They're, cl- they're hollow as shit. We all know that. Can we stop with the solid steel stairs nonsense? A stairs match. Good Lord. <sighs> it's a miracle we all kept watching after that. <laughs> Here we are. But AEW does a stairs match. Like, okay, hold on. This, this, is good this might be cool. It's reinforced steel. Yeah, Look at the welding. It's a 60-minute time limit. It's Bobby Fish versus Brian Danielson in a stairs match. I'm interested. Tell me they don't more. Use the stairs. They, don't, they don't use the stairs once. It's art. <laughs> oh, they the stairs. They're subverting expectations, but in a cool way. Yeah. They just use the stairs they stare at each other? Ring. That was the stair. <laughs> They're staring. The real stairs were the intense looks they shared at each other. The whole match. <laughs> very, very, very good. Uh, we are fast approaching, as I mentioned. Uh, Saudi Blood Money 6. We love these pay-per-views. Oh, man. They're backing up the money truck. Uh, let's go down the matches. The Universal title, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. An awesome match. A great match. And it sucks that it's you know put onto that show. It, re- it honestly does. That's a good match that I've been looking forward to ever since Brock came back. And now I got to fucking watch this show to see it. Like, ah. Here's here's the good news for B. Because uh, Roman should win this match. No doubt. Oh, about yeah. It. Ooh. But if there's a prince over there who loves Brock Lesnar and drops a million dollars, that could be Brock's night. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so I have hopes that Brock can win. If Things this, could change. If this fella's <laughs> sitting on this couch... In the front row here, in the section that's just for him, if he deems it necessary and starts waving the big wad of cash around, they'll change the booking mid-match. Sorry, Roman, you had a really good run, sir, but look at that stack of Benjamins out there. What if that money's offered directly to Brock Lesnar? I want to see it happen. I want to see someone stand up and say, hey, here's a briefcase full of money. Stop the show. Rechange your plans right now. I want Brock to win. Vince gets Brock on Lesnar the... Brock just murders Roman Reigns in front of everyone. Vince is on the headset. For real. Referee. I want you to kill for real. What? Tell him to change it. Change it, damn it. We need the money. We got to re-sign Bray Wyatt. <laughs> how crazy is it that Vince... How What was that That investor call a couple months ago when someone asked about AEW? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we should just give them some more of our talent. And, like, where that's going now. Because we're still a couple months away from what looks to be the dunnest of done deals. And that's Kevin Owens, you know, knee Steen heading over there. Because he lost clean to happy Baron Corbin uh, on SmackDown. He's just been traded back to Raw. Um, there was a tweet that called him a dynamic draft pick. And he's like, wait, what? Thinking, oh, it's a dynamite <laughs> draft pick. Ah. Uh, yeah, that seems to be a pretty foregone conclusion. So... More people just actively choosing to go to uh, AEW. But hey, they don't get the opportunity to go over to Saudi Arabia and be held hostage on a plane uh, because of a money dispute between two, uh, yeah, very, 
very Can't wait for that bit. dark side of the ring. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be great. It's coming. It's gonna it's be coming. great. And why? If you want to see the origin of why uh, Moxley, I believe, uses Wild Thing, uh, yeah, check out this past week's uh, Dark Side of the Ring uh, on uh, FMW. So. Yeah, a little backstory for you. That'd be nice. That doesn't make it a good choice. I know though, it doesn't, <laughs> but figure might as well educate yourself a bit. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Bill Goldberg, no holds barred. No title Fuck on the off. line. Fuck but, off. But Stop Gold- talking. Goldberg's mad about what he did to his son. So let's do it. No holds barred. There's th- no interest in this match at all. I don't even think Gage Goldberg is interested in this match. It's like just dad just no, Gage is Gage just, is going to be in there. Uh, Gage is going to be the the corner. Uh, he's going to be the the guy who who wins this for Goldberg. Gage with the spear and the and the pin. Going to hit Lasher in the uh, in the nuts. They brought back the hurt business. By the way, I didn't get a chance to discuss that. Thank God, decision they right never should have made in the first place to break those lads up. Yeah, no, it's the right thing to do. They had a lot more left to give, so uh, absolutely the right decision uh, to do. But it's to be, so I don't really care. But I do agree from a, you know, on paper, yes, great choice. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I just checked. They both just got drafted to SmackDown. Yeah, so. separate brands. <laughs> <laughs> Hurts on one show, business on the other. Uh, <laughs> Big E will be defending the WWE title against Drew McIntyre. You got Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch in a triple threat for the SmackDown women's title. And then AJ Styles and almost versus RK Bro for the Raw tag titles. And then also the finals for the queen's crown and the king of the ring tournament my question for you guys is this too obvious that xavier woods is gonna win this thing or you know what do you feel about the king of the ring no i mean yeah i mean w subvert reputations is always there but it it you know i think again i'm going with like what makes sense for them but i feel like xavier is really good for branding on a lot of levels and so I feel like, yeah, like, you know, from a switch show to everything, like they want to kind of keep them on board. Uh, so I feel like it's, yeah, it makes business sense for them, especially to, to make that happen. And, and he's a good wrestler. I don't think he has, yeah. I'm not saying like he doesn't deserve it, but I just think it makes, it, it, on WWE, a lot of the time, if you're going to make it, it has to line up with what they want. So <laughs> hopefully this time it does. And I don't believe, even with the two titles floating around, I'm sorry, I don't believe you will ever see an Xavier Woods world title run. So if you want to like honor all three members of the New Day separately, two world titles mm-hmm. and one of them being the King of the Ring, I think is the obvious way to go about it. Yeah, it it works like you say. He's the only one who hasn't really held any uh, other ta- other than the tag belts. Um, so this is a fun kind of distinguishing thing, and I think he, honestly he's a fun guy to play with the gimmick too. Yeah, you you kind of need someone who's either gonna real ru- really run with it from a fun perspective or run with it from a heel perspective, and he can really run with it from a fun perspective. Because the vast majority of Kings of the Rings have been heel, right? So they come out with Seems their little way, swagger, yeah. and yeah, no, they rarely, if ever, do face Kings of the Ring. I can think of only really uh, Ken Shamrock. Edge was, like, turning at the time, so that doesn't necessarily count. And because he won, that necessitated the turn with Christian. But Shamrock is really the only one I can think of outside of Bret Hart. Uh, and I guess Mabel was face when he won. But, yeah, mostly Kings oh, yeah. of the Ring are heel. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it turned Mabel heel. So maybe it does with Xavier Woods. Who uh, who knows? Uh, Par- Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Paris, a mm. little uh, get a little pusher berry for us. Sure. Let's do it. 
Alright, just a, a few random things that I've observed over the last couple of weeks um, that I would love your guys' uh, insight on. Uh, shushing the crowd before a chop. Push or berry? Push. I like it. I like the big smack. Now, if that smack doesn't deliver, you're going to look like an asshole. Oh, it happens. Oh, I know it does. I very much know it does. I don't like it before a chop. I want to see it happen before a, a palm chop. Like that palm strike, because that almost never misses when it comes to the uh, the volume. The sound effect. Yeah, I'm pretty neutral on it. Uh, I mean, chops themselves are repetitive but fun, so that's all part of it to me. It's not going to make me hate or love it any less. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bury it to its waist, but if it needs to get out, I'll help it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, picture and picture commercial breaks. Mainly the question is, are you still watching or are you still fast forwarding? Oh, I'm still watching, 100%. I want to watch the entire match. I mean, even though it is obviously some nothing filler bits because they know they're in like a commercial timeout or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to watch the commercial. I always keep watching the uh, the wrestling match. I also find it inter interesting to see what they do to fill that kind of time. Push. It's tough because when it's, you know, uh, a average match over, it's fine. It's like you like to keep updated on it. When is a match when like when it was John Ambrose Moxley? taking on Suzuki and they did that shit to me, I was livid because I wanted to hear the crowd reaction. I want, like I got serious foam overs watching what was going on. So when it's a big match, I can't stand it because it's just like it takes away from the atmosphere, the fans going crazy. And it, it's so big match. I'm going to bury the shit out of that. I'd rather just sit there going like, I assume everything's going crazy and I can't wait to watch it and get back. I'm not frustrated. Uh, average match. Sure. Go ahead. Give me that pip. So in, in an average match, are you watching or are you? Yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch. Oh. Right, yeah, I'll watch an average match. It's yeah. fine. See what's going on. But like, yeah, I just I hate it when it's like a big match because then the atmosphere just dies on me. It's just, yeah, it's like someone hit mute. Ugh. Mm. Uh, this was uh, a bit referenced earlier today, uh, but NXT UK. Push Oof. or bury? I almost joked about that earlier when we were talking about it. Um, <laughs> man. Barry. Um, I thought I thought for sure they were gonna shutter this thing when Dragonov beat Walter at like Takeover SummerSlam, and that ends that big story, ends Walter's reign, and they were looking at cutting, you know, from the budget all over the place. I thought NXT UK was honestly done. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I got tons of it on my PVR. I haven't even thought about watching. Anytime I do, I just end up watching Dragonov Walter one. Uh, I will never delete that from my PVR ever. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to bury. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, as an act of mercy, bury it. Because I feel like it's going on the way out. And right. it's just a matter of time. So I'm just going to, it's going to be like, no, I put the dirt on my face. I'm like, all right, we'll have a sad moment. And I just got to get rid of it. Because I think it's, like, was it 205 Live? Same thing. It just felt it was a matter of time. Like, okay, this is not going to survive. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's great for the talent there. They get a chance to get in WWE. They make connections. So from that end of things, it's it's awesome to be around. But I just don't think it's going to get the support it needs to to keep going. So it's almost like... It feels, you know, I feel sad seeing it kind of whimper out. Especially because uh, your boys here, when we went to uh, the Royal Rumble in uh, in Arizona, we weren't staying at the hotel where everyone's bumping into the main <laughs> roster talents at the pools and in the lobby and stuff. No, we were staying at the hotel with the NXT UK crew. Friggin' Mark Andrews just over there just chilling in the pool. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I sat yeah. at the pool with Jenny. We were we were side by side. Yeah, we yeah, were together. Yeah, really, yeah of course. Time. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was great. So, just to clarify, we are burying this just from a perspective of it's not working. Let's kill it, or we're burying it because we don't like it. 
Uh, I'd probably say from a standpoint of it's not working, just, yeah, kind of kill it, I guess. I mean, there's not a lot of crossover and stuff anymore. Uh, you did have a little bit of intrigue with, like, Walter crossing over, doing takeovers, um, the two cruiserweight champion thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just not interested in anymore. There's a lot of wrestling to go around. Now, are we just being xenophobic here, or whatever you want to say? Like, or does this brand matter to fans in the UK? I don't know, honestly. Yeah. If it does, then yeah, fucking push it, keep it for them if they like it. But I don't. I honestly don't know. Well, again, it's like two or five live. A lot of people like the cruiserweight action, that sort of thing. But is it going to get the support from WWE that you think it will? No, I don't think it is. So it's more of I don't think they're going to get a lot of support. And and I, I did point, you know, touch on that point that yeah, like it's good for the workers there and the fans. You get, you know, it's like it feels big time. That's all good stuff. But and if it whimpers away in, in two or three months then it's like okay uh, we obviously don't shut it down now just because i'm like i'm not listening well the fucking wrestle nation boy said shut it down shut it down <laughs> shut everyone down, like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not the guy from ghostbusters so uh i i will say that yeah i just think like in terms of like you know just the the practice of push or bury i just think it's time it's coming to an end all right just got a couple of uh wrestlers here they're yeah, uh, that i've been thinking about lately and i'm not sure how i feel about them so let's start with the bearcat Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Rebranded as Bearcat. Uh, thoughts on the rebranding and the name specifically. If they would have rebranded him Bearcat and changed the character and made him a heel or something, I thought that could have been... Maybe they still go down that path, but it's just a new singlet and a change of the name, but pretty much the same Keith Lee we've been seeing with these stop and start things. I know he's got health issues, but uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff outside of, hey, we slathered a little bear cat on him. What do you say? So I'm going to, I don't want to ever bury Keith Lee and stuff, but I also don't want to push here. So up to his waist. I'm going Wyatt on this one. <laughs> up to his waist. <laughs> what is a bear cat? Can someone tell me? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I want to bear him because I just know at one point he's going to lose that second half of that name and just be Bear. So I don't want to live to see that day of the oh here comes Bear to the ring. I don't I don't I don't want to see it. So, oh uh, yeah, again, it's one of those things where is there a point to this? Will it be you know fun to watch? Again, my trust of is a little low, so I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I, I have all the trust in the world in Keith Lee, but it just feels like change for the sake of change. So I'll I'll bear. It him. is a reference to um, oh Jesus. Bearcat Wright, who I think was uh, one of the first African American wrestling champions in North America. Okay. Okay. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna push it. That's all. It has an actual. Oh reason no! For it him absolutely that, does. Like, and that's oh, the thing when they first so announced it because he was like, oh, he was okay, announced okay, okay. Bear, as Bearcat Keith Lee during house shows, and everyone was just shitting all over mm-hmm. it. Fucking Bearcat, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, blah, 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 blah. And then it came out that no, this is actually a tribute to Bearcat Wright. Everyone's just kind of being like, oh. Oh, okay, you know we like it. We push it. <laughs> yeah, we'll push. It's a universal push in that regard. So. Well, if it, yeah, because when it feels like a Vince thing, you're gonna like, oh, what's the point? But if it's something like you know, means something to the wrestler, all the more power oh, to it. it sounds can, like, like Brian coming out. So. Kofi Kingston, the Wildcat. Remember that? Oh, yeah, right. People have taken to calling Kofi Kingston the Wildcat. Nope. Right, I'm the like, biggest Kofi Kingston's fan there was. I'm not calling him the fucking Wildcat. <laughs> so who are these people you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, if Dan Bryan said he wants to come known as you know the banana boat, sure, have at it. If Dan Bryan wants to do it, all the more power to you, workers. But <laughs> yeah. if it's if it's Vince, no. <laughs> I'm calling him that right now. <laughs> the banana boat is here. Uh, just want your guys' thoughts. Uh, a team that I'm not sure what uh, what they're doing with lately, and I'm not sure I know how to feel about them. The Varsity Blondes. Mm. Uh, 
Uh, I would like to see uh, Pillman Jr. do a bit more single stuff, but I don't think he's not that impressive as a singles guy yet. So uh, I'm going to push the Varsity Blondes just because I'd like to, you know, Pillman to have something to do for a little bit more. I think it'll be lost in the shuffles of singles for sure. Yeah, I'm going to push it. I think he needs something to do. I don't think he's ready for a singles push. I don't think he's got it all together yet. So, you know, hey, uh, his dad did the same thing, get through tag teams and that sort of stuff. Why not see what he can do? And it's got a fun lineage to it. You know, maybe Arn Anderson can kind of promo with a Glock on Get him that one day. Glock That'll be fun. There, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. every promo he just works it in. <laughs> what What if we just ditch Griff Garrison and it's uh, Pillman with Julia Hart? Do you think she adds enough to to the gimmick to to keep him above floating not, above not water? Really? Because th- there is a face, right? So yeah. a face valet manager cheerleader type thing for him. I don't know if that necessarily really works. Yeah, I would just an idea. Yeah, I would. I would I'm not saying no, Mike. That's a stupid idea. How dare you bring it up? You keep <laughs> that shit. You keep that shit in your head. You think it over a bit more. You ruminate. No, um, yeah, I, I'm fine to keep Griff Garrison there. Who knows? Maybe Garrison's the breakout star of this team. But I think with his little mini feud with MJF, you kind of saw what Pillman has now, and you know what kind of stuff you can you know, work on. I don't think he's a lost cause by any means. But, uh, yeah, I think keeping him in a tag team for a bit is a good idea. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yep. All right, last one I've got for today. Uh, Escape the Undertaker. To, uh, uh, released on Netflix today. Push! Uh, <laughs> yeah, push. I don't even, I don't even explain why. I just push. I yeah, can't push. wait to watch this thing. Yeah. Why the hell not? So you're here You're here for the goofy oh, shit that oh my God, yeah. takes us out of the wrestling world. Yep. And the into the goofy shit stupider world. Stupider the better. I watched that movie <laughs> where Dolph Ziggler was a cop and Kane was the chief of police. And they were backstage at a WWE show and Rusev fucking uh, got his gun from him and held him at gunpoint. You know I watched that movie. It was a countdown, I think it was. Countdown, yes. Oh, man, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Because also, how confusing is it that WWE exists in a world where Dolph Ziggler here is a cop? (laughs) So does Dolph Ziggler not really exist in this WWE? Does Kane? So many questions. And I'm looking forward to having the same amount of questions for Escape the Undertaker. (laughs) <laughs> hey, it still works Undertaker he's retired from active duty like why wouldn't he work in Hollywood for a bit so I'm not gonna it doesn't, it doesn't remove me too much from his gimmick you know he's out there trying to make some cash uh, you know I'm, I'm down with it alright that's all I got All we right, can move on cool a little brief uh, trip back in wrestling history and then more out what we're gonna do right here is go back way back back into time
All right, gentlemen, this week in wrestling history, October 5th, 1997, St. Louis, Missouri, in your house, bad blood, the very first Hell in a Cell match, Shawn Michaels, not yet heel, but kind of tweening a little bit, versus The Undertaker, uh, featuring the debut of That's Gotta Be, That's Gotta Be Kane, uh, one of my absolute favorites from, from back in the day. Oh my God, wait a minute, it's Paul Bear! Interesting to see what Hell in a Cell matches have since turned into. It's its own pay-per-view. It's red. Uh, you know, they're not any big spots and stuff uh, these days. But uh, thoughts on that first uh, Hell in a Cell match back in uh, back in 1997? Yeah, that was uh, you know, a high time for wrestling for me. And the fact that a Kane character is something that could so easily have come in and failed real bad. Um, and even like look at the... The or- they always try to find an opponent for Undertaker that worked, you know, with the giant Gonzalez, or they always seem to try and find someone that can match his level and never seem to kind of come through. Fake Undertaker, we lived through that Isaac era as Yankum, well. King Kong, Bundy, Yankum, yep. Kama. Yeah, like half his opponents were already Kane anyways, Glenn Jacobs, so they finally gave him a Fake works. Diesel, Christmas <laughs> yeah. Creature, so many guys they tried to bring in to work with him. It just didn't work out. Yeah, uh, and then, yeah, it eventually ends up being Kane, and, uh, you know, Fantastic run from Kane and just this great career, fantastic career. Obviously, we're going to forget corporate Kane with those fucking pants. Fucking dress uh, pants. Yeah, taking every move down on one knee. <laughs> he got pedigreed on one knee. Uh, so, yeah. There was, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he had, you know, if you had told me on paper, like, hey, do you think Kane's going to have the career he had? I'm like, There's no way. It's going to be gimmicky. It's going to run its course. It'll be fun for a bit. But they managed to parlay that into uh, such a long run that, you know, and they weaved it in and out of Undertaker's career, like, in such a great way. Like, that is one of their triumphs of storytelling, to be honest, except for the socket moment. It was terrible. Other than that, at least they never had the good sense to actually put him in the green and black DX colors. You've seen photos of him in that costume, and they never actually went full bore with it. And yeah, those first few months of Kane and the first year of Kane was fucking awesome. I mean, even though he had the bullshit red, you know, Sin Cara, the Fiend lighting or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it was he was wrestling Vader and he hit Vader in the head full bore with a wrench. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I obviously I loved Kane uh, back then. Paris, your thoughts on that first Hell in a Cell? Yeah, and, and at that time, it, I don't maybe I'm misremembering the match, but I don't feel like they really utilized the Hell in a Cell to the to the way that people utilize it in the way. No, Since. there are two spots. It was just can, kind of yeah, an object. Two spots I can think of. One, because they got out of the cell, which they all oh, weren't supposed to do. Supposed right. to keep him in, and then yeah. Undertaker had him on his shoulder, and then did the battering ram. That was on like the raw intro for years. Battering ram of Shawn Michaels's face into it, and then I think they did a bit where Michaels was like hanging on to something, and then Undertaker like stomped him, and then there was a very it was a like. Not a big fall. I think he was hanging off the edge and he just stomped his hands and he let go. Not being chucked off like Mick Foley, like we'll see in two Hell in a Cells from now. But yeah, yeah, not yeah. So fall. I think it's interesting how that's kind of brought, uh, been brought, returned to form a little bit uh, these days, where the Hell in a Cell isn't in the same way as much of a gimmick as uh, as it has been in the past. Uh, the Hell in a Cell pay per view, the Hell in a Cell matches. They all try to do something a little different, which I'm sure is very challenging for the wrestlers um, to have, you know, three, four Hell in a Cell matches in one night and to be able to all do something different. Um, 
but I, I've always been a Hell in a Cell fan, and, and of course this is the origin story and the origin of Kane. And by the way, if anyone's listening and they maybe want to go see Bowman at his place of work and want to set him into a fit of rage, just just mention Dress Pants Kane. And, oh, you know, those fucking there Dress is, Pants! Right? There it is. Yeah. So it's the worst. No, if you don't want to I, show I, your I passport at the gym, you know. Oh yeah. You can just yes. just mention Dress Pants <laughs> Kane and just sneak right past him. Raw as he's staring into the heavens, go. What were they doing? <laughs> Oh, he's gone. <laughs> I prefer. Uh, was there? Let me make this up. Was there a match where they had like guard dogs outside? Was that a big boss man? Yes, match? that oh, was wait. the kennel yes. from hell match. Kennel from hell. Uh, <laughs> that was when he killed Al Snow's Chihuahua Pepper and then made him eat it during Boss Man's best run ever. Why you and I have spoken <laughs> I for hours about how great late 90s boss man was. And yeah, this is where he killed his dog and fed it to him. And then yeah, they had the kennel from hell match which was a steel cage and hell in the cell. And in the space in between were a bunch of bloodthirsty Rottweilers and Dobermans that pissed all over the place, shit all over the place, (laughs) and uh, had sex with each other on the outside of the ring. Uh, Not not that intimidating. That's why they were bored. On paper... Ooh, that sounds awesome! But actually, I think I think Edge saw that. It's like live sex celebration. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! These <laughs> poor, these scared Rottweilers have a great idea. <laughs> They've got a great gimmick here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, Hell in a Cell went on to you know great heights in its own pay per view and stuff. Uh, Kane, obviously, aside from the dress pants, had an incredible career, and you know. That was the first instance of, okay, Shawn Michaels is, you know, basically effectively turning heel. And that's also kind of the origins of Degeneration X. So it all happened October 5th, 1997. And that's that's basically it for the show. Uh, gents, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nope. Just again, as always, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen at the convention center. It's a new uh, arena yes. to see how it looks and the fans and, you know bringing the world of esports and wrestling together uh, as it always should be. So just can't wait to see uh, how it goes down. And uh, I'll see you gents at the, uh, the beer garden. Oh, you know it. We'll see you at the beer garden. Uh, that closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation. You can follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod. And be sure to follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, that's all for this week for the stanchion Wyatt Arndt, uh, the architect Mike Paris. I'm Jay Bowman, and we'll see you all next week on the other side of NEW2 on WrestleNation. We are just days away from Vancouver's newest wrestling extravaganza as NEW2 is set for the Vancouver Convention Center on both October the 9th and October the 10th. Featuring El Fantasmo and Impact Wrestling's Josh Alexander. Saturday night, we pack the convention center with eight amazing matches featuring some of Canada's most exciting indie wrestlers. Tickets are on sale now at nationextremewrestling.com.